Broadcast to the center of your mind. This is the Counter Power Half Hour. This is Astoria. Welcome to the Counter Power Half Hour. The violation of our privacy by our government has become a huge issue in recent years. In 2013, journalist Glenn Greenwald reported that the National Security Agency in the United States was collecting the phone records of Verizon customers under a top-secret court order. In the same year, it was reported that the NSA was collecting people's data from sources like Google and Facebook without their permission. U.S. President Barack Obama came out and defended these breaches of privacy, saying that it was, quote, the right balance, end quote, of privacy and security, and was overseen by Congress and American courts. North Americans live in a surveillance society. Everything we put online, everything recorded, is kept permanently by people we don't know, and often without our permission. As writer Ivan Greenberg puts it, the anonymous individual is an endangered species. But this isn't new. The state and its mechanisms, such as intelligence gathering and law enforcement agencies, have been collecting information and spying on citizens for decades. In this episode, I'm going to be examining COINTELPRO, the FBI's war on dissenting Americans during the 1950s and 1960s. On March 8, 1971, a group of protesters calling themselves the Citizens Committee to investigate the FBI broke into an FBI office in Media, Pennsylvania. They stole over a thousand classified documents dealing with the FBI's domestic counterintelligence programs, which were abbreviated to COINTELPRO. Of these documents, 40% dealt with political surveillance, with two cases involving right-wing groups and over 200 on leftist groups. These documents were leaked to the press, resulting in the Washington Post and the New York Times exposing the FBI's political surveillance. J. Edgar Hoover, director of the FBI at the time, abruptly ended COINTELPRO once these documents became public. COINTELPRO had been in existence since 1956, when the FBI initiated its first counterintelligence program against the Communist Party of the United States of America, or CPUSA. COINTELPROs were then undertaken against the Socialist Workers' Party, or the SWP, in 1961, white hate groups in 1964, and the New Left in 1968. These particular groups were targeted because they were according to the FBI, engaged in actions that threatened the security of the United States. COINTELPRO was created to expose, disrupt, misdirect, discredit, or otherwise neutralize the activities of these groups. In the early 1970s, the Church Committee, which was a United States Senate committee, began to investigate intelligence abuses by the FBI, CIA, NSA, and IRS. The Church Committee found that, through COINTELPRO, The FBI had a role in maintaining the existing social order, and it was aimed towards combating those who threatened that order. The FBI's intelligence abuses were evident in its COINTELPRO initiatives, where the Communist Party USA, Socialist Workers' Party, Black Nationalist hate groups, and the New Left were framed as threats to the social order because of their political ideologies and positions, and were oppressed through counterintelligence methods as a result. According to Ward Churchill and Jim Vanderwall, the FBI's main purpose ever since its founding was not simply to fight crime. Rather, it was used to repress different political views in the United States and enforce the status quo. I'm going to go over a few methods that were used by the FBI to investigate and disrupt COINTELPRO targets. 
Investigations were often conducted by the FBI along with local police units. There was eavesdropping, which was conducted through wiretaps, break-ins, electronic recordings, and the opening of the target's mail. Eavesdropping in these ways was mostly used to make the target paranoid. There was black propaganda, which involved the FBI spreading publications that made it seem like they were put out by the organizations. These publications often misrepresented the ideologies and opinions of these groups and were used both to discredit the target in the public eye as well as create tensions within the group. The FBI worked to spread disinformation about the targets to the press, again to discredit the target and create internal issues within target organizations. There was also fake mail created by the FBI and sent to target groups or their members in order to create schisms within these organizations. This was especially true in the case of the Black Panther Party, where the FBI sent documents to both Huey P. Newton and Eldridge Cleaver in order to further their differences. The FBI would arrest targets on trumped-up charges in order to spread paranoia among targets, as well as to deplete their financial resources, as they would have to pay for lawyers and bail. Agents provocateurs infiltrated target organizations in order to create or engage in illegal activities that would implicate the organization, and to disrupt the internal workings of organizations. Snitch jacketing involved the FBI creating suspicions, often through rumors, within an organization that members, especially high-ranking members, could be FBI informants in order to eliminate those individuals. The FBI also fabricated evidence and committed assassinations of leaders of targeted organizations. The first COINTEL Pro was against the Socialist Workers' Party and the Communist Party USA. The FBI had performed counterintelligence operations against the Socialist Workers' Party throughout the 1950s, though they were formed into the second COINTEL Pro operation, COINTEL Pro SWP, in 1961. The SWP was a small organization of 2,500 members that adhered to the ideas of Marx, Engels, Lenin, and particularly Trotsky, and saw itself as one part of a global network that could support violence against the American government. COINTELPRO SWP, known within the FBI as the SWP Disruption Program, was initiated because J. Edgar Hoover was afraid that the SWP would form an alliance with the CPUSA. This concern was unfounded, as there was ideological hostility between the two groups. CPUSA was communist, and the SWP was socialist. Mainly, Hoover saw the SWP as a target because of its politics. According to Hoover, the SWP was dangerous because its members were running for public office and were supporting Fidel Castro's communist Cuba and the civil rights movement in the South. The SWP's contact with international Trotskyite groups was also concerning for Hoover. One of the purposes of COINTELPRO SWP, according to Hoover, was to, quote, alert the public to the fact that the SWP is not just another socialist group, but follows the revolutionary principles of Marx, Lenin, and Engels, as interpreted by Leon Trotsky. During the course of COINTELPRO SWP, the FBI couldn't find anything criminal about the SWP. No FBI informant reported incidents of the group's effort to subvert the U.S. government. COINTELPRO SWP demonstrates that the FBI was committed to eliminating political activity that they didn't approve of, and to disrupting opposition to the U.S. government. The FBI took broad counterintelligence measures during COINTELPRO SWP. Counterintelligence methods undertaken by the FBI during the course of COINTELPRO SWP were in violation of First and Fourth Amendment rights. 
Suspected individuals were targeted in all parts of the U.S. Methods including letters written with poison pens, published articles that discredited the group, harassment, and attempts to ruin the relationship between SWP and civil rights and anti-Vietnam War groups. Between 1958 and 1965, the SWP's office in New York City was broken into 81 times. More than 1,000 informants and 36,000 listening devices were employed during COINTELPRO SWP. A second COINTELPRO began in 1960. Around 1961, J. Edgar Hoover began to plan operations against the civil rights movement in the South, and Martin Luther King Jr. in particular. The FBI tried to justify its investigation by saying that King was associated with known communists, though FBI reports at the time dismissed any notion that King or a Southern Christian Leadership Conference was influenced by communists. Despite this, King and SCLC were put under electronic surveillance aimed at detecting communist infiltration. The FBI was unable to find anything incriminating. Hoover then authorized a letter to be sent anonymously to King, which urged him to commit suicide. The FBI chased King until he was assassinated in 1968. In 1967, Pro-Black Nationalist Hate Groups was created in response to a surge of race-related violence in the United States, particularly in the South. An FBI memo noted that it was created to, quote, expose, disrupt, misdirect, discredit, or otherwise neutralize the activities of black nationalist hate-type organizations, end quote. Included in this COINTELPRO were groups like the Black Panther Party. The FBI's hostility towards African-American dissension in the United States ran deep. Since the end of World War I, when African-Americans began to challenge their suppression, Hoover thought his mission was to maintain the status quo and keep them in their place through repressive means. Hoover investigated critics of Jim Crow and helped police in the South to maintain it. Black civil rights movements were conflated with communism. The civil rights movement of the 60s was a target of Pro because the FBI saw it as threatening to the status quo because of its perceived ties to communism. By 1967, African Americans were openly fighting against the status quo. With Pro black nationalist hate groups, Hoover wanted to, quote, prevent the coalition of militant black nationalist groups and leaders from gaining respectability and prevent the rise of a black messiah who would unify and electrify the militant black nationalist movement, end quote. Ultimately, Stokely Carmichael of the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee was a victim of bad jacketing, and the home of Elijah Muhammad of the Nation of Islam was wiretapped. The Black Panther Party in particular was targeted by the FBI. In 1968, Hoover instructed his field agents to use all possible methods to foster internal issues within the Black Panther Party. Fred Hampton, National Black Panther Party deputy chairman and prominent member, was murdered by Chicago police in 1969. The police used information provided by FBI infiltrator William O'Neill, who became Hampton's personal security guard after rising through the ranks of the Black Panther Party. Another COINTELPRO began against the New Left in 1968. In 1969, President Nixon told the FBI to increase its spying on the New Left. The New Left was a political movement that began in the 1960s. It was made up of student radicals and leftists who had broken from prior leftist and communist movements that focused mostly on labor. Instead, the New Left focused on civil rights, the Vietnam War, and drug usage. They protested for peace, were heavily anti-Vietnam War, 
and saw the university as a setting for social change. The FBI was investigating the new left for connections to the CPUSA during the 1960s, but a large protest at Columbia University against the Vietnam War and the university's plans to build a gymnasium in a nearby park that was used by black Harlemites was the cause for the initiation of Cointel Pro New Left. Leaders of the New Left were those the FBI considered to be consistently criticizing the United States and agitating for civil disobedience. These leaders were subject to constant surveillance. In particular, the FBI investigated the members of Students for a Democratic Society, a student organization founded in Ann Arbor, Michigan, and one of the major groups within the New Left. The FBI told its informants to figure out the New Left's finances and plans for the future and spied on all known members of that group. While the FBI considered communism subversive during the 50s, it was concerned about a major threat to the existing political and legal authorities during the 60s, as it was believed that the New Left and the Black Panther Party, together, would foment revolution and challenge authorities in ways not seen before. The FBI was concerned about coalitions among groups within the New Left that would cross race lines. In particular, they were worried about a connection between SDS and the Black Panthers, and attempted to keep the groups apart. According to the FBI, quote, racial differences are meaningless to the black militant and the new leftist, inasmuch as their common denominator is the annihilation of the existing order. End quote. The new left's anti-war stances concern the FBI as well, and they tried to stop a mass protest movement against the Vietnam War. To stop the anti-war movement, the FBI tried to split their forces, portrayed members as socialists, and often initiated violent incidents to discredit and dissolve peaceful anti-war demonstrations. They wiretapped the SDS's phones at their Chicago headquarters and listened while the radical weatherman faction of the SDS planned to build the secret organization dedicated to guerrilla war in the U.S. FBI informers sometimes made their surveillance of SDS obvious to members in order to spread paranoia, which would impede the new less efforts to organize. The FBI's COINTELPRO initiatives against the Communist Party USA, the Socialist Workers' Party, Black Nationalist hate groups, and the New Left were products of the FBI's own politicized views. These groups were framed as appropriate targets for repression through counterintelligence because they were deemed to be subversive to the American social order. Through COINTELPRO, the FBI demonstrated that dissenters in the United States were targets for counterintelligence simply by virtue of their political ideologies. The counterintelligence methods employed were often illegal and immoral, and demonstrated to what length the FBI was willing to go to suppress dissent. This has been an episode on COINTELPRO and surveillance in the United States. All sources and further reading can be found on counterpowerhalfhour.com. Thanks for listening.